0: Pastor Adam Levecki here. This is a sermon live from Rescue Church. We hope it blesses you. I want to build on, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but during worship, sometimes um, worshipers feel awkward and pause and they talk. This this is not that. Uh, Deborah was getting a a word of knowledge and uh, just a download from heaven. And I think we need to, We need to springboard off of that. You know, I never want to rush through what God is doing. And that's so important. I mean, I came with notes and all kinds of things. That really doesn't matter much. Um, We need to be present with the presence of God. Now, that's important. It's a lesson for all of us. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the altar. Um, You know, um, in the Old Testament, we understood um, where the altar was, there was the altar of sacrifice, there was uh, in the outer courts, uh, there was the labor of washing, and then there was the entrance into the inner courts, and uh, there were several articles there as well. Uh, before the veil was uh, the altar of incense, where prayers were offered. But altar, the altar of God is a place of exchange. And it's amazing to me that what we bring to God to me, I, I wouldn't accept it. But she got a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, that if God's going to be king, you have to come to him knowing he will not shame you, but he will bless you. Because love covers a multitude of sin. That's not excusing sin, That's right. it's a covering. Now let me give you a download on that from uh, First John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you. Right? But it doesn't stop there. We have immediate forgiveness, but then God continues with restoration. Because the rest of the verse says, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Most of us don't understand that part. That's the discipline of being fathered by the heart of God. And you might reject a lot of things, but if you reject the father heart of God, you will be considered illegitimate in his eyes. Now, how do I know that? Because Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that. That don't reject the chastening of the Lord. Because if you do, God will consider you illegitimate. Um, So let's legitimize the king today, because that was so sweet. Um... And so there's an exchange. We bring God our pain, we bring God our troubles, and all of a sudden, God burns it to the place where it no longer exists, and then he blesses us. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, he gives us beauty beauty for ashes. Now get the word picture. If, if you want to understand the Bible, the Bible is filled with word pictures. And if you're a visual person, really it helps with, with interpreting or understanding the Bible. Um, so in Isaiah 61, Jesus spoke about that in his anointing and proclaiming the fulfillment of that in Luke chapter 4. Okay, there's the jump off and the connection. I always say this, Scripture interprets Scripture. You have a working knowledge of the word, Uh, you're going to stay in a very healthy place. All right? So, God will bring the exchange. He'll give us beauty for ashes. Ashes are the burning of the sacrifice and what's left. There's no recognizable evidence of your sin. It's done, it's gone, it's extinguished. That's why God can say, There's no record of your wrong. He has removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. How can he say that? Because when we look at the sacrifice and we look at the word picture, he gives us beauty for ashes. The exchange at the altar, God will consume the sin and turn it to ashes. And then the exchange is the beauty of God comes upon us. And it's an amazing thing. So, I I want to really, I want to affirm you. I want to affirm this worship team. uh, Because, um, um, are you Isaac, was that your name? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, and I don't know if you're aware, so much happens in the course of a gathering of believers. God's presence is here. And God is manifesting himself in, in real time. And so I'm watching the worship team and I'm saying to myself, uh, you know, there's so much going on. I want to say this, too, to the entire worship team. Um, none of this was planned, but, but you know how you get these downloads, right? Um, there are three types of, of worship. There's worship songs, let me just say it that way. There are worship songs that represent our requests. There are worship songs that represent our story. And there are worship songs that represent adoration, which is his story. And I want to say to this worship team that you're coming into a season where God is going to allow you to tell his story in a very unique way. Um, the creative anointing because of the passion of your heart. Now, I. Uh, Pastor Adam talked from Psalm 24. You see the clean hands and the pure heart allow us to ascend the hill of the Lord and it's at the top of the hill where you get the download of heaven and you're going to have even a revelation like John did and you're going to begin to tell the story of the Lord. And so out of this local house, there's going to be a sound that is going to be created because you've been with Jesus. Very important. I, guys want you, I, guys, I, I want you to mark that, but I also want us to have an exchange. And one of the ways to, to physically uh, step into the manifestation of that exchange is to just come forward. Um, and, and, and again, there's, there's nothing more anointed in the floor up here or the platform. That's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is a willingness to step closer to God. And if you wanna make an exchange today, we we need to not just gloss over that word because you're going to get more of this. There's gonna be a release of of not just the gifts of the spirit, but the reason God is going to steward, he's gonna allow you to be stewards of the gifts is because you have been faithful to bear fruit The nine fruits of the Holy Spirit are the foundation to store the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's important that you guys get that. We're talking about a maturity level that this house represents that most don't. Um, There's so many places you could be, so many other places you can go, but you're here. And that says a lot. And so I want to speak into that. And if if you feel you want to make an exchange today, uh, we're just going to let God do that for you. And so maybe you want to stand, maybe you want to come forward, but let's just do that. Father, I just pray right now, God, that you will stir hearts today. God, where, where you are going to receive what we bring that troubles us. God, the things that have vexed us. And you are going to consume it To a a place of ashes. And then the exchange of beauty. The beauty of the Lord. To come upon us where we now reflect you. In a more accurate representation. That speaks that we have been with Jesus. That the father heart is mentoring us and parenting us. And disciplining us. And maturing us. Father, may we bear the beauty of an intimate relationship with the living God. So, Father, right now, bring the exchange on every heart. God, everyone standing, they want exchange, they want power, God, right now, in Jesus' name. God, let the fire of God come right now and consume the things you brought. Because the exchange is going to happen in a moment. God never withholds any good thing. Right now, Father. I break every curse in Jesus' name that has plagued bloodlines and generations. I break it off of you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You have a new bloodline and you are pioneers of a new generational inheritance the blood of the lamb is the beauty that's coming upon you and the ashes are being swept away let the wind of God's Holy Spirit blow the ashes away that have been consumed there is no record those ashes cannot be reconstructed or reassembled they've been vaporized completely And with the same fire, God has caused you to be shining like gold. The refiner's fire has now brought the exchange. I release beauty upon you in Jesus' name. To be the exact person God created you to be, I release it to you right now. You don't have to duplicate anybody else. There's only one of you for a reason. Father, in Jesus' name, let everyone represent who you created them to be, that we align with the psalmist David when he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and that my spirit knows very well. Now I seal the work of the Holy Spirit upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you. <clears throat> you. You know, you have to be mindful of these whispers of God because that could have been lost. And I, I want to encourage you again, the fact that you stepped out like that. Um, I This is my first time here, so. But I want to encourage you. Um, you know, these are whispers of God. And it's funny how when, uh, you know, uh, Elijah was going through his, um, his depression after a major victory, um, God came to him, and God wasn't in uh, the wind, he wasn't in, in the storm. Uh, he said he's in the still small voice. And so you've got to begin to catch the whispers of God And when you do that, you will not miss the present presence of God. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit today about uh, the power of testimony uh, or the word of your testimony. Uh, Testimonies have power as they bear witness to truth. I know if if I was an attorney and um, I was, uh, you know, trying a case. Um, whether I'm a prosecutor or a defense attorney, I'd have to find evidence and those that are willing to speak to what they saw. Uh, But that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a third party who was at a certain place and witnessed a certain event. We're talking about personal application here. And so when we talk about being a witness to truth, uh, let's talk about the two different types of testimonies. One, uh, because not every testimony has power. Only two testimonies have the power of God. One is the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one is your personal testimony of your relationship and intimacy with God. Those are the only two testimonies that actually have God-bearing power. And I want to encourage you today that, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Now... In Romans twelve three, it tells us this, that everyone's been given a measure of faith. You know, it's amazing to me that God has given us a lot. And yet I find myself not accessing or activating what God has already given me, but asking for more. <laughs> you know, it, it's like the kid that's got a thousand and one toys, you know, in his playroom and, and yet, uh, you know, he's asking for other toys. Um, and sometimes I get a little bratty with God. Um, well, God, they have this, why can't I have that? And, uh, and you've got to understand that God is required to do one thing, he'll, he'll, he'll meet your need according to his riches and glory. But he will not give you your wants. Two different things. And if you look at the text of that scripture, it's not plural. It's, it's, it's singular, meaning it's all, uh, all inclusive. Everything that you need, God knows of, and he will give you what you need. But he will not give you your wants. And that's a parenting thing. I remember I said that to my son many years ago when he was litigating with me when he was five years old. He's 27 now, but... Um, uh, He had all his ducks in a row, he was pleading his case, um, and he had all the evidence on why he should get what he was requesting. And I said to him, son, I said, I'm obligated by one thing to meet your need, not your wants. He, He wanted to appeal to a higher court, but there was no higher court. God has given everyone a measure of faith. Now, I'm going to read you some scriptures from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and begin at verse 10. Let me just go there very quickly. Because not only does he give you a measure of faith, but he supplies you with resources for your assignment. It says this in verse 10. Now, in the context, he's talking about a promise uh, from the church at Corinth. uh, Because there was a famine in Jerusalem, they made a promise. They were going to sow into that famine and bless the the church that was there. Uh, But there's a biblical principle we're going to kind of extract from the text. It says in verse 10, Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now, Understand there's a difference between seed and bread. All right? right. And we're talking about, uh, you know, how do we live in the continuum of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now God, why did he use three generations? It's important to recognize any one moment of your life, you're gonna be touching three different generations. When you're born, you have parents and grandparents. When you have children, you have you have children, and you have parents. And, and so you begin to understand that there's a principle to extract from that, that you're going to be influenced by or touched by three generations at any one point of your life. Um, and so you've got to figure out what season you're in. And so that's important to recognize. So he says here that He, God, supplies seed to the sower. Do you know that if you eat your seed, you have killed your generational blessing? Because if you eat your seed, you're a one-generational ministry. But if you sow your seed and understand, you are now a multi-generational blessing that falls in line with the continuum of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are now in line... In the timeline of Genesis through Revelation, we have now found our place in the activity of God and we're sowing properly. And as you sow your seed and prove yourself to be a good store, you get more seed. But God does supply bread to eat, so know the difference. If God gives you bread, don't sow it, eat it. If God gives you seed, sow it. Because in the sowing of the seed, you're going to produce a harvest. You cannot reap a blessing if you don't sow a blessing. Pastor Adam talked about that. He, he is a consummate sower. He's, he's, he's a great steward of that. And he loves the principle. So praise God for that. Goes on to say this. Let me read the text again. Supply seed to the sower, bread for food. Uh, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. All right? Multiply the seed. He will multiply that as you sow it. And then it goes on to talk about liberality and things like that. But let me talk to you a little bit about um, how did Peter, who denied Christ, um, at the arrest and uh, at the trial, how did he turn into a powerhouse of testimony? Uh, Now Acts chapter four talks about that. Um, And there is an arrest made uh, of Peter and John because in Acts chapter three, they went to the gate called Beautiful. And uh, there was a lame man standing there and he was begging and um, uh, you know, that's pretty common, right? Um, And he was there at the entrance at the hour of prayer Peter and John were there going into the temple and he asked for, for alms. He's begging for money. And so Peter says, silver and gold have we not, but what we do have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he picks him up by the hand and he pulls him up and immediately his legs gain strength and he starts leaping and jumping and praising God and he ends up in the temple. Now this is a big commotion. In the big commotion, the religious leaders don't like this. But Peter at this point has received something from God that caused him to be supernatural in his boldness. So I'm going to read you now from Acts chapter 4. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus' name. Remember, this is the testimony of Jesus that has power to it. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. I'm reading from the New King James Version in case you're wondering what version I'm reading from. Verse 4, however, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So we know the church is now starting to explode. We know at Pentecost, 3,000 were one to the Lord here, 5,000 count of men only. So we know it was greater than that. Verse 5, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and as many as were the family of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. Now I'm going to talk to you a little bit in just a second because there was a time, and it's recorded in John chapter uh, uh, 20, after the resurrection of Jesus, they were not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus found them locked in a room. The doors were bolted. And the way the text reads, it says, for fear of the Jews. These are the Jews they were afraid of before Pentecost. But I want want to get to something underlining here as a root system to begin to talk about the empowerment of supernatural boldness in your testimony. So now that they've come through Pentecost, this is Peter now. And it says in verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. I want to tell you something. Do not try to defend yourself if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have an inclination as human beings uh, to always want to defend ourselves. And when we do that, we're making excuse or we're rationalizing. But here, Peter is now filled with the Holy Spirit and this sense of of being filled. In other words, when you look at the dunamis that came upon them, the power of God, right? uh, In the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was not a dynamite explosion. It wasn't a one-time only. It was a continuum. And Acts chapter 4 bears that out because they began to pray again for extra boldness. They began to pray because they knew now that they were on the radar of the religious leaders that they were afraid of. Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, says to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well. Now here's the testimony of Jesus. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders which has become the chief cornerstone. The builders of worldly kingdoms, the builders of pride and arrogance have rejected Christ. You can always tell a kingdom ministry because Christ is preeminent. Right? Even as Pastor Sarah She was getting a download from heaven when she began to talk about the king. And see, that's another whisper of God. God was whispering through her. The king, the king. And from there, Deborah launched into the word of knowledge. The king not only wants your good, but he wants your pain. And we saw the exchange from that, right? That's what God was doing today. We need to always be in concert with God. The kingdoms of this world will always reject Jesus. Now, even as Pastor Adam was talking before about iniquity, um, uh, it's, God can't get to us, why? Because iniquity is summed up in this, in rebellion and rejection. Those are the two things that make it iniquity and not sin. That's the difference. Rebellion and rejection. Verse 12, nor is there salvation in any name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that these are uneducated and untrained men. I want to tell you something. I've never been to Bible school. In in my high school of a graduating class of 700, I was probably 699. Um, I was not a good student. Um, But that's not something that God looks for. If you're a good student, God bless you. I'm not against that. But I want to tell you something here. They perceived something. They perceived a reputation that they had had before they were with Jesus. And now their picture or their understanding of these lives has to do with the transformation and the supernatural power of God that came in them and upon them. Through the Holy Spirit. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that these were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? One of the greatest things that somebody could say about you is, you've been with Jesus. Guilty as charged. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, that's the testimony of the Lord. And there's power in that. How did they get there? What brought them from being in a locked room for fear of the Jews? Now they're testifying in front of the high council of those that could not just arrest them, but have them executed for charges of blasphemy or heresy. Trumped up and untrue, of course, but they had the power to do that, but they're no longer uh, pulling back or fearful or behind locked doors. They have been driven out in Acts chapter two. One of the interesting things about Acts chapter two is it it doesn't really give us the story on how they ended up in the streets, how everybody in the streets heard what went on in the upper room. We know that there was a sound as a mighty rushing wind. It might not have been wind, but it was a sound as a mighty rushing wind. And that tongues of fire separated and one fell on each of them. You have a portion in God in the blessing. You are never overlooked, right? Whenever God is manifesting, whenever God is, is downloading blessing, you are in a receiving place. Don't ever think you're being overlooked. That's the lie of the enemy. Yep. A single tongue of fire fell on each of them. It appeared to be that, but you know it, 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 we, we have no understanding because I wasn't there. They're describing what they perceive. But the point is, is that each of you have a measure of faith. Each of you get a portion. Each of you get a blessing. Each of you gets so uh, seed to sow. Each of you have a supply from God. Each of you have a very important role to play and connected together as a tribe in this region, as a, as a corporate outpost, together... You will represent the full body of Christ, active and healthy, with a backbone that is strong enough to receive the glory of God, which is the headship of Jesus Christ. You know, the body was never meant to grow above the shoulders, the body of Christ. That's a place reserved for Jesus. He is the head of the church, his body. What do you think in the Old Testament, the priests had to carry the ark on their shoulders? And you remember what happened with the individuals, uh, right? When uh, it was on a donkey cart, they took the head Good intention to not and they lowered it below yep. that they would be higher. Wow. Oof. It's always about Jesus. The elevation, the exaltation, the adoration, Excellent. lifting up God. Excellent. Jesus said himself that if I am lifted up, what happens? All people are drawn to him, right? There's an attraction to Jesus. Uh, I am not very attractive. Um, I could give you pictures of my high school sports days and my college sports days. and uh, But you know what? <laughs> That's not really a good representation. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but... I'm moving forward. I don't want to work backwards. Um, and that's important. Um, yeah, you know, I got some pictures. We all do. Uh, but here's the deal. Today, those don't really matter much. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I got the ticket. I had the t-shirt. I bought the cap. I had the coffee mug. You know, I had all that. Um, <laughs> but today I got Jesus and I'm a wealthier man now than I've ever been you You know the glory of God is a very weighty thing and a lot of times because God is merciful he will not manifest the intensity of his glory because the backbone of the corporate church is not healthy enough to sustain the weight of his glory That's, that's true and now he wants to father us to health. Right? Yep. He wants to strengthen the backbone yep. so that we get all of the glory of God. I don't, I don't want just a sprinkling. I don't want a visitation. I want a dwelling and I want it all. Yep. What happens in the throne room of God's glory should be happening here. Jesus taught us to pray that way. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I want the same glory. I want the full manifestation of it. You had several whispers of God today, which is the opening up of heaven and the pouring down of glory. And if we're sensitive to that, now I wanna encourage you, when you leave this place here, you're going to get those whispers of God everywhere you go in every activity you're involved in. You are continually hearing the whispers of God. But we're so distracted with the background noise that we can't, we can't make sense of it or we can't pick up on it. So God wants to separate us. When you came and you stood and you said, God, I want whatever is in is, is opposition to you to be turned to ashes and I want the beauty of that. You were saying to God, remove my distractions so that I could hear the still small voice of God out there. Now you're going to be ushered into a supernatural lifestyle that reflects how much God loves you and believes in you. He wants to use you everywhere you are. So we want the full glory of God. God, heal my backbone. You know, in in the natural, I got some old knees, man. Do you know, like... uh, I don't know, I guess about three or four weeks ago, I got my Medicare card. And I'm looking at the thing going, How in the world did I turn 65? How, how does this happen? You know, before you go to the mirror, you're thinking you're like that 20 year old guy, you know, like I'm, I'm a world beater, you know. And then the mirror, how many know the mirror doesn't lie? Nope, nope. And I like to say this, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how you pull it, how you tuck it, how you tie it. Gravity wins at the end of the day and everything sags. You know, my chest is in my stomach now. It, it's just the natural course of events. But in the supernatural, the Bible says, though, the outer man is perishing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. What, what happens to the inner man? Day by day day by day, day, by day. Yep. do you know you're being renewed today you were renewed when you responded to the whispers of God that's part of the renewal process God will whisper you hear God you stop whatever you're doing and you start to say okay God I hear you and now all of a sudden God not only is able to give you more But you are fully engaged. When you're fully engaged with God, God will withhold no good thing. But he's not going to be in competition with our distractions. He's not going to be in competition with, with our Facebook page or our social media. God doesn't play that game. In Acts chapter 1, this is we're going to start to unfold a little bit here, and I'm not going to go too much longer. But I want to give you a sense of, of what is at the very foundation that caused a transformation of the first century believers that has been handed down to us generationally over, over 2,000 years. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, now uh, Jesus again speaking uh, with the disciples. Let me, let me start in verse 6 um, in Acts chapter 1. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, again, they had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and their, their natural inclination was, God, we, we want power to be in control of our own destiny. In other words they wanted the romans kicked out and they wanted a kingdom of israel they wanted a natural governmental authority and power so that they could go after whatever it is that they wanted and so this is what they say to jesus and jesus says to them uh, in verse 7 It's not for you to know the times and seasons which the father has put in his own authority. Now let's get back on point. And verse 8, he brings them back to the point. But you, don't be distracted. Remember, we just talked about what are some of the distractions? My natural comfort and ambitions and desires are my distractions. With the disciples, it was the same thing. God, I'm paying taxes and I get no benefit of that. I'm being corrupted by tax collectors and the Roman government, the Roman Empire. I want a kingdom of our own. Jesus says, put that aside. You shall receive power, which is dunamis, which is uh, again, the sense of a dynamo, not a dynamite. It's a continual power source. Miraculous power filled with ability and abundance. You shall receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria and the end of the earth. Now this key word witness, I want you, I don't know how you, uh, if you write in your Bibles or in your uh, smart devices, uh, highlight, whatever. That word witnesses is important because this is the foundation of Pentecost. Speaking in tongues is a byproduct of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to get into some theological debate here. I want to go deeper with you, okay? If we go deeper, you'll get something out of this. Because if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in tongues. Period. All right, put that one aside. We've got to go deeper to the foundation. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he didn't say here you will speak. In other tongues, he says, you will be witnesses to me wherever you go in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. doesn't matter where you go. Yep, That's right. Now, the word witness, we've got to break that down because here's, here's the kicker. We know the New Testament was translated into Greek, um, but Jesus spoke in Aramaic. He was a Jew, spoke in Aramaic. Now we've got uh, original text in Greek and now we're translating it. The word witnesses here is from the Greek word, martus, M-A-R-T-U-S, martus. Do you know what word we got from that? Martyr. 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 Jesus says when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be dead to yourself so that I can make you alive in me. The power of the Holy Spirit is resurrection power. That, again, we talked about the beauty of an ashes thing. We've got kind of uh, now an understanding of a deeper root system of what Jesus was talking about. He wants us to be dead to self and alive in him. Now, let me just read you Galatians 2.20. I probably probably can all quote it, but I'll just read it to you anyway. Um, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's powerful. If you love your life in this world, you will lose it. But if you give up your life in this world, you will gain it. Lord, help me to live the martyred life. Because if I keep trying to resurrect Clem, now all of a sudden I'm pulling out the old pictures, I'm reminiscing I'm trolling Facebook for old friends. Guys, you get this? These are the distractions that will destroy the whispers of God, the activity of heaven in our lives. And we will live under the bondage of the world system. And we will wear out the church and the leaders of the church Because we will be in every single prayer line at every single service, and we will be perpetually in counseling. And and, twenty years later, yep, right, yep, same old person. I mean, listening but never perceiving. Yep, Jesus. God has a. He's he's got a plan for this house, and I believe it's tied up in the whispers of God. And a little bit of what we trans uh, we're we we're, we're receiving in this transformational thing from God today, and I want to encourage. I, I want to pray over the worship team today, and um, I, I really believe that uh, there's a a prophetic um, season that you're stepping into, crossing the threshold over, and uh, and 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 Pastor Adam, I want to pray over you because you're going to be pastored in the whispers of god and you have been doing this in foreign lands as well as here Um, but they're going to become with more clarity and more power um, and uh, and a sense of 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 how do i now articulate what it is that god's saying the ability to know the room which means the hearts in the room and to be able to speak into their lives in a language that they can understand and receive it Um, and this house is going to explode. Amen. Let me just read you one more text because this is important that you get this. It's the apostolic prayer. Um, The apostolic prayer uh, of Peter after they were released. Uh, I started to read to you from uh, Acts chapter 4, but let me read to you the apostolic prayer because I I believe this is... um, This is really significant for you, for this house. Let me get to it. Here it is, Uh, beginning in verse 23 in Acts chapter four. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Remember, they were threatened never to speak in that name. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord, what do you do when someone threatens you about your testimony, about your life in Christ? Do you cry? God, I'm so persecuted. <laughs> we don't know anything about persecution here in America. I'll just let's just put that on the table. All right? But here's what they did. When they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord with the same spirit that brought about pentecost in acts chapter 2 they're going to have the same result and the same outcome this word one accord is important to recognize they were in god's accord not their own what was the unifying factor they all looked to god and not each other that's right They were in one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nation's rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before it to be done. Now here's the, the, the part that is so incredibly powerful. Verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, this is important. They didn't say God stopped their threats. They said, God, in light of their threats, give us more supernatural ability to be on point and to be on assignment for you. And so it goes on to say this in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The outcome of their prayers was another release of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two. The full baptism had come upon them. They are now living the martyred life And when threats come against them, and they are now threatened even to death, they pray this prayer, God give us boldness, not only to speak your word, but give us signs that follow the speaking of your word. And I'm releasing this to this house, that this will be a sign and a wonder to this community and beyond that you'll start to see it in your own homes and in your own influences with friends. People are going to begin to come to you and, and find confidentiality and safety to tell you something yep. that is poisoning their lives. Because yes. God trusts this house. God trusts you. And you're gonna now be involved in the miracle working power of God. You're going to be a sign and a wonder with the ability to discern and deliver, to present Jesus Christ, silver and gold. You know, I don't know if anybody has silver and gold in this place, but I want to say this. What you do have is the name of Jesus Christ and you are going to see people rise because you were in the right place at the right time because you're no longer just distracted people but you're picking up the whispers of God that I need to be in this line instead of that line at the supermarket that God, why? I usually go to the drive-thru at Starbucks. Why do you want me to go inside? You're going to begin living in the whispers of God and they're going to become crystal clear and you are going to step into divine destinies and outcomes. Yes. That's what God is saying. Yep. And I just want to release that right now. Just pray into that and then I'm going to turn it back over uh, to Pastor Adam. So Father, we receive all that you're saying, God. God, we recognize <laughs> we recognize God that you love us more than we could possibly comprehend. It. That you will do exceedingly Abundantly, more than we could ever ask or hope for by the power that's already in us. Now, God, that we've laid our distractions at the altar and they've been turned to ash and blown away by the wind of God, we are now clothed in beauty. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, we've exchanged our garments and now we are positioned and we are arrayed so that people see Jesus Christ. The whispers of God will now not only be a rarity but will be a regularity. And our ability to focus, to hear, and to respond will be instantaneously accomplished. And Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor for all these things and what's about to unfold. You receive all the glory, You receive all the honor. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.